I'm Samantha Bove, and this is She's Too Much. This show is for the woman who's been told that she dreams too much, talks too much, cares too much, thinks too much, feels too much, needs too much. And I say it's about damn time that we are even more. Because that thing you think makes you too much is the exact thing the world needs more of. If you're experiencing acute or even chronic physical pain, symptoms, skin issues like acne or rashes, and you're in deep frustration because medicine, health protocols, or say physical therapy, creams, dieting isn't working for you yet, this is the episode for you. And if you're open to it and the practices that I share today, you will radically and forever shift your understanding of why pain and physical health issues and symptoms pop up and explore why it may be manifesting right now and how you can use your intuition to reduce your experience of this pain and maybe even heal your symptoms altogether, which has been the case for me once I really learned how to tune in to the intelligence of my body and to the symptoms that it's giving to me. This is not a medical advice episode. This is just me sharing my lived experience and how I've tuned into the intelligence of my body and have been able to transform my pain into wisdom, into strengthening my intuition, and really into having a deeper understanding of myself and my purpose and how to listen to my pain and really let it guide me to slow down, to speed up, encourages me to make different choices until ultimately it disappears. Please consult your doctor and your medical teams, hopefully, which includes a naturopath or a functional medicine practitioner, and even a type of therapist before making any changes to your lifestyle or to any medicines that you may be on. So in this episode, I'm going to explore the three practices that have helped me increase my body intelligence and move through my health issues. And I have experienced, I would just call it magic in the last month. And I'm going to share some personal stories of how I've been able to work with my pain. And truly, I feel like I have escaped a pain matrix. I truly now believe that every time I'm sick, every time I have acne, every time I have my back is thrown out or I'm having a back issue, My first thoughts are centered around how can I support myself? How can I listen to myself deeper? What is this trying to tell me? Rather than thinking that the pain is coming up because I'm doing something wrong in life, because I'm going in a terrible direction. And I think that's what a lot of us go to is like this pain comes up or these symptoms come up and we think to ourselves, why am I being punished? Why me? This isn't fair. What am I doing that's off with my diet? with my decision making? Is there somebody in my life that I need to let go of? And I think that that's a product of this like spiritual personal development bubble that a lot of us partake in, which is that we should, if we are making all the right decisions in our life and in alignment with our highest self, then we should never have any health issues and that, you know, true healers are in perfect health. And that's just not the case. We are all humans and we're all ebbing and flowing and 
our pain and our symptoms really can be a compass pointing us to the exact places within us that we need to look at, sit down with, and listen to in order to keep moving on our highest path at a pace and at a speed that is right for us. Okay, so last disclaimer here before we dive into the three the three practices and mindset shifts that have been so transformational for me to get rid of my pain, to move through it, and to again extract the wisdom from it is I am not saying that your symptoms, your pain is just in your head. I believe that all health issues are a result of environmental, a physical, and emotional imbalances. This episode is going to focus on the very much overlooked category of emotions and their role in pain and with health issues and how when we give our pain a voice, it can really lead us to the most incredible realizations and deep, deep healing, not just at a physical level or at a surface, say skin level, but at a soul level. So I had a serious flare up um, with back pain last month, and it really was the inspiration behind this episode. And I'm going to walk you through exactly what I did to not only absolve the pain quicker than I ever have before, because typically when this pain comes up, it could last months, up to six or seven months. And I've never known how to really get rid of it until this past time I had this flare up. So just so we're on the same page, a flare up I'm referring to is when symptoms just get really activated. This could be a breakout, this could be inflammation, digestive issues, or in my case, which I'm referring to is um, just long-term chronic back pain that seems to come and go. So let's dive into the three steps. I really encourage you to take some notes here, to pause this, to sit with these questions and to really bring them into your life. So number one is to familiar is to get curious about your pain. Familiarize yourself with your pain patterns. When I'm saying pain here, I can also, you can also refer to this with skin and with acne and rashes and eczema, all of which I've had. And just know that it's not just physical pain. And if you're ever experiencing skin issues, you do know too that that is very much a painful experience. So Notice, when did I first start to notice this pain? What was going on in my life when this pain came up? Has this pain been here before? When? Was it the same? Was it different? How was it different? Is this a repeating pain pattern? If this is a repeating pain pattern, you can consider whatever this area of your body is as a vulnerable spot. We all have vulnerable spots and vulnerable spots in our bodies could be from injuries that we got when we were younger. And then say, imagine you like fell on your right knee and then in your thirties, when you're pushing yourself really hard, your right knee starts to act up because that's a vulnerable spot. And we can also be born with vulnerable spots. So for example, about let's say seven years ago or so, I was walking into a crystal healing shop. Just imagine the chimes chiming as soon as you open the door. And there's this older woman with long white hair. Her name was Otter. And she looked at me as soon as I opened the door, as soon as I walked through the door and said, honey, what's going on with your back? She comes up to me and she puts her hand on the exact spot in my upper back where I had this nagging, dull, but also stabbing pain. My partner at the time was there and I swear to God, I felt like his mouth was going to hit the floor. 
She told me that I had been stabbed in the back in a past life. And when my energy is really low, that it's my vulnerable spot where I'm going to experience pain. And now as a Reiki practitioner and an intuitive healer, I have had a lot of insights like this around not only myself, but others. I've had also vivid dreams of myself grieving a newborn baby that I've lost what feels like in a past life. And I've also seen things like that for others during sessions. Yet I personally would not share this information with my clients because people can get easily distracted and obsessed with stories. So for me, I find with past life stuff, it's not really that beneficial to dig in. Now, some people find that it is helpful for them. But for me, I'm really committed to investing my time and my energy in this lifetime. But I'm glad that she did share it with me in the sense not that I identified with that story or attached to it necessarily, but I did identify that this is a weak spot in my body and that it is here to communicate with me when my energy reserves are really low. And what I've noticed is that there is usually a catalyst that causes this pain. And by her pointing it out to me that this is going to happen when your energy is really low was really helpful. Okay, so continuing to get curious. Next, I want you to take yourself back to the moment, the day. Try to pinpoint it when the most recent flare-up happened. What brought this on? And there's always going to be a catalyst for pain or a flare-up. So it's something that I'm doing or that I'm experiencing. So it's either something that I've actively done or just something that life, it feels like kind of has thrown at me and it could feel like it's coming out of nowhere, but I'm telling you it's not. My belief system is that the body speaks because it has something valuable to say. So for example, I have had my back pain flare up when I made a choice to do something that was beyond my own physical limitations. For example, um, a few years ago, I tried to push a mattress up a flight of stairs alone to assert my hyper independence that I can do anything, even if it's completely superhuman and unrealistic. And I definitely was not able to do that. And so I made a choice and my back was thrown out because of that. But with this curiosity that I bring to the pain, if I could go back three years, what I would have done is really sat with myself and asked myself, why? Why is this pain coming right now? We can go surface level and just say, well, silly girl, because you tried to push a mattress up the stairs. Or I could actually take it a layer deeper, which is, wow, I didn't ask for help. At that point in my life, I still was not using my voice. I still was operating under a belief system that I am a burden. So it could be something that you actually did, a choice that you made that resulted in pain, right? This could also be if you know that every time you eat sugar or gluten or dairy that your skin acts up. Okay, that's okay. Those are choices that you make. And why? What are you seeking there? What kind of comfort? What kind of support? What are you needing? Now, things can also be thrown off in the body because of what feels like situations out of our control. So for example, my dad got his diagnosis of end-stage renal failure, I want to say about seven years ago. This diagnosis came in the fall. And every single year from that point, about seven years ago until today, between the months of September and December, I get this pain in my back, this stabbing pain in my back. 
And I only realized this this fall when I said to myself, wow, I have gotten this pain every single time between these months. So what was that highlighting? Well, it was highlighting my unresolved grief and that I really was frozen in that time period with fear. And I want you to be mindful of the stories that we create around our pain and how supportive those stories are for us. So for example, when my flare-up came came this past fall, last month was October. The pain didn't just necessarily come out of nowhere. It was the catalyst of it was that I was carrying my Reiki table through Manhattan, thinking that I could just trek around a 30-pound massage table which was, again, completely unrealistic. I now am getting a space. (laughs) And that could be something that at a surface level, well, could just be really surface. Like, well, yeah, so you cannot carry around a 30-pound massage table because you don't have the strength for it or because you have vulnerable spots in your back. But by doing that and just writing off this experience of, oh, I guess I just can't carry around my Reiki table, I'm completely missing out on the wisdom of really asking myself, why? why was I carrying around this 30 pound massage table? Because I thought that I was superhuman because I thought that I could bypass the vulnerable spot in my back. And I also was operating in this belief system that I had to struggle in order to be successful in order to move my business forward instead of thinking there's an easier way to do this. Now, I also could have created a story in my mind that maybe I'm not supposed to be doing Reiki. Maybe this is a sign that I'm not ready to expand my practice to New York or something like that. But no, like you will know when you have, when the wisdom that your body is trying to communicate to you is correct because you'll feel some type of understanding and some type of peace and even a tiny, tiny bit of relief as you're getting familiar with your pain. Okay. So the second belief system is I am not my pain. I am a witness to pain. It is so easy to get caught up inside of pain. And so I always try to remind myself that this pain is not me, but if I am experiencing it at such an intimate, close level, then it is a part of me that I deserve to hear, respect, and listen to. And in order to extract the wisdom from our pain, we really need to redefine our relationship with it first and foremost by giving it the space it deserves to speak. So I want you to imagine pain. Let's personify it for a moment. Imagine little pain, oh, little pee, knocking on your door. It's scared. It's frustrated because nobody's been listening to it. It's angry. It's sad. It's frightened. And every time it knocks on your door, you open it up and then you slam the door in its face. You sigh, you curse, you yell at it. You're like, I can't believe you're here again. Why are you here? Why won't you go away? You're still here. And so imagine that that pain had some of the most valuable insights into your soul that you could ever imagine receiving. And you just keep slamming the door in its face. And now by opening it and welcoming it into your home to sit down with you, to listen to it, giving it a cup of tea, this is how we really start to strengthen our intuition at a level that is so deep because we're deciding we are going to listen to 
every part of ourselves, to every emotion, not just the shiny parts, not just pay attention to the parts of us that have big dreams and big goals, like confidence and curiosity and passion, all those sexy ones. We're also going to allow ourselves to see pain, to see the anger, to see the sadness, to see the fear, to see the grief and say, come on in. I'm going to listen to you because I also know and deeply believe that you are valuable because you are a part of me. So now when I say make space for your pain, the first step in this is what I just described, which is creating some space from your pain. So notice how we personified pain as not you, but as a part of you. So even think about the words, I am in pain. So are you inside of the pain? That's typically what people in pain experience. They're living in the pain. I'm in a lot of pain today. But what you, what I is in pain? I am in pain. What part of you? Is it your soul? Is it all of you? No, it's just a part of you. It's just one aspect. And a lot of it can be your ego. Your pain okay, is the part of you that can cause anxiety, worry, fear that it's never going to get better. That's a big one. And trust me, I feel that. That's one of the first places that my ego loves to tell me this is never going to get better. It's never going to get better. You're going to be here forever. You're never going to be able to work out again. You're never going to walk normally. Meanwhile, I have no reason to believe that that's really true. But when we can be a witness to the pain and acknowledge its presence, and an experience that we're having, but it is not us, then everything can change. So I received a training in mindfulness-based stress reduction, which is a beautiful practice to really help you get familiar with your body and experience life stressors from a place of peace, from a place of calm. And John Kabat-Zinn, he explains, he's one of my favorite teachers, explains that you can change your relationship to pain by opening up to it, by paying attention to it. And my favorite thing he says is by putting out the welcome mat to it. When we're in pain, it's a natural human response to want to avoid it and not familiarize ourselves because we think that the more we pay attention to it, it's going to hurt more. But this is where mindfulness comes in. We're not fixating on it. We're opening ourselves to it. So lay out the welcome mat. And then moving on to step three, which is a belief system that my pain is valuable. So here I'm going to teach you how you can actually start to give your pain a voice and let it speak. So when you ask the right questions to your body, you're going to trigger the response to find the answers to it. And you're not always going to get the answers right away. The, your body isn't always going to say, here's the wisdom on a silver platter. You need to build that trusting relationship with it by showing up consistently. I'm here for you. I'm here for you. I'm going to listen. I'm going to listen. And over time, you're going to teach your body that if you are curious about it without the judgment of it over time, as you begin to build this trusting relationship with your body, you show up over and over and over again. It will begin to feel safe enough to speak with you, to speak to you through your intuition without using the symptom as its messenger. And this is how you use your body 
as the intuitive vessel that it is. So that before you have full-blown digestive issues, you have a little pain in your tummy. And that little tiny pain in your tummy tells you exactly what you need to know. That before you throw your back out completely, you feel just a little bit of something in your shoulder and you put your hands on your shoulder, you let it speak, and you completely avoid your back being thrown out. So how do we give it a voice? Number one, it's all about the intention. So if you start to tune into your body and use these practices and ask these questions from the place that you are trying to get rid of pain, remember a little pee at the door, if you're just doing this to get rid of it, it's not going to work. It's just not because you're still framing pain as the enemy. That's something that needs to go. And I understand it doesn't feel good, but sometimes pain is necessary, okay? And remember, if your body is experiencing something, it's because it's trying to get you to to listen. I need to find who quoted this, but I remember reading something once and essentially it said that your body is the theater for emotions to express themselves. So the intention, get clear that your intention is to listen and to be with your pain. And then once your pain knows that you're not going to run from it, you're not going to judge it, then you can ask it, then you can tell it, then you can start to describe it. I want you to describe your pain. Use words. Does it feel tight? Does it feel achy? Does it feel like it's hanging on to something? You can write this down or you can speak it out loud. It's shown that when you can actually describe how your pain is feeling with colors and with and articulate it, it can actually start to transmute and change and sometimes even reduce because again, you're giving it a voice, you're giving it an opportunity to express itself. It's trying to get your attention. Then let it know, I'm here to listen to you. I welcome you. I'm here for you. If you can muster it up, say, I accept you. By accepting your pain, it doesn't mean that you're accepting it to live forever. It just means that in this very moment, when you're giving it your presence and your attention and your love, you are accepting it to speak and to share with you and to be a part of you in this moment. And then you can ask, what do you need from me? And what I'll tell you for me personally The number one thing that I get when I ask my pain, especially my back pain, what do you need from me? It's to slow down. Other things I've learned. So my physical pain as a manifestation of fear around my dad's diagnosis and impending death a lot sooner than anyone imagined that he he would transition out of this planet. What did that spark in me? A huge lack of security. that I felt when he got sick. And then of course, when he passed, he was my security. And so asking myself these questions years later, it really made me think, well, how do I build my own security? How do I really feel that sense unshakable security in myself? And as I sat with this pain, even last month, I realized that there was a lot of room for me to grow even on the financial security level of how really am I on top of my finances? As I was growing up as a little girl, my dad was like a superhero. I felt like no matter what decisions I made in life, I could fall back on him. And not having that safety net, that emotional safety net, but also 
at a like very much more practical level, the financial security net to feel like, wow, like, you know, I have somewhere to turn if things go bad. No, I am my own security. And so it's really amazing is that sometimes it can be these deep, insightful experiences about, you know, your life path and your purpose. And sometimes your pain could just be communicating to you, hey, your security, your systems in your life, you need to focus on them, give them more time. So now let's speak specifically to skin for a minute. So I know I go through periods of dermatitis and eczema, and I um, had this horrible bout of, see the the judgment there. Um, I had this bout of, I think it was called fungal acne. It was super hard to get rid of. And I remember feeling like when I asked my skin and I put my hands on my skin and I said, you know, what do you need from me? I'm here. It said, I don't want to be seen. I'm so ugly. I don't want to be seen. I don't want to be seen. And so it really allowed me to question when I got deeper, well, how do I build my own deep sense of confidence and security within myself, my core, my soul, that makes me feel inherently valuable outside of the way I look? If this never went away and I never felt like myself again, who would I be? And it really made me realize that when I want to look good, okay, a lot of it stems around wanting safety and protection from people's judgment. Because if we look good, there is way less for people to criticize, right? Like a house. Like if the outside of the house looks perfect, well, people aren't going to expect the amount of drama or chaos or sometimes even abuse that could be going on on the inside. We think to ourselves, oh, well, look, that must be a really nice family. Not always the case, right? This is natural. This is programming. We want to show up as our most put together, most perfect selves. But when our skin prevents us from showing that, And our pain prevents us from also doing the things that make us feel like joyful and, you know, also to the world, make it seem like we're super functional and moving forward in our lives. Then the question is, if my pain is preventing me from showing up like that and my acne is preventing me from showing up as this picture perfect beauty standard with glass skin and no imperfections and a filtered face, well, then what's left? (laughs) What's left? How do you find the joy? How do you find a way to still feel confident, to still feel radiant? And how can you do things and maybe even find new things that evoke, that spark joy, regardless of the blemishes, regardless of the pain? And this is where you can get really creative. You can get really creative here and find new ways to create that radiance and to create that beauty truly truly just from inside of you. And if you can focus on that as well, bring that in and let your intuition guide you and let your pain point you to the people and the places and the things that are going to help you feel that sense of joy and ultimately help you heal, that's true healing. So that leads us to the final step, which is healing can happen instantly. This was the hardest and newest belief system that I have activated within myself. And I truly believe this. And as someone who is a Reiki practitioner, who has worked with a lot of different healers, it, because healing has become a system that is part of a capitalistic culture, 
there are a lot of coaches and a lot of light workers and healers and body workers and practitioners that have really great intentions and they have either been taught or they are operating under the belief system as well that you need six sessions to start to see results or you need to be going to therapy for six months or whatever it is. And I believe that healing can happen in an hour, in a minute, in a moment. It's our attachment to our pain and it's the attachment to thinking it's our attachment to timelines and it's our attachment to struggle that we think that it's going to take so long for things to heal. And I promise you that is not the case. Healing can happen instantly. So now the question is, how do we put ourselves in the situations where healing can happen instantly? Are we just walking around saying healing happened now? You can, but I really recommend to get support. Okay. So support at its most basic level, support and space are really the same thing to me. You need to practice giving yourself space to just be with your pain in order to actually heal it. And one of the best things that you can do for that, if you are struggling to do it on your own. Okay. So first of course, it's just like the meditation, just being with yourself, just sitting with the pain. But even for me, a Reiki master, somebody who's been doing these practices for years, who meditates pretty much on a daily basis for at least seven years or so, it is still so hard for me to just give myself the space. So that is why I seek healers. Because for the exchange of money, they make you stay there. Like you're not going to pay $100, $200, $300 to get on somebody's table for an hour and then 10 minutes in be like, I'm not in the mood. No, you just entered into that space. I would always joke with my Reiki teacher. I saw her for, I would say probably three months straight, almost every week. And I would laugh all the time and be like, oh, you know, I'm so glad I'm paying you to, you know, do the things that I just won't make time for, for myself. And yeah, she's also a completely gifted Reiki practitioner and has her own healing and her own intuitive gifts that also help me, of course. And like, I could be taking the hour to just do self-reiki on myself, but the reality is I wasn't. So if it's in your financial means, seek gentle healing support. What do I mean by that? One, start gentle. You don't need to go straight to the body worker. You don't need to run straight to the esthetician that does the intense extractions. You don't need to run to you know a $600 supplement protocol. Start gentle. This is why I love Reiki so much because it is so gentle. It allows you to heal in such a soft, comforting, nurturing way without really needing to manipulate your breath or your body into all of these intense different ways. It just gives you the space to drop into that parasympathetic state where your body really can heal and your intuition really can speak up. If you don't know how to find a practitioner, my best recommendation is to start to ask friends and family, hi, do you have any healers, any energy workers, any light workers, any Reiki practitioners that are in your life that you really love? And you can get specific too. Just trust yourself. If you feel like what you need right now is a therapist or a breathwork practitioner or a chiropractor, go ahead and move forward with that. But I really recommend for you to just start gentle and then turn to your network first before you start researching online. And then of course you can look on Instagram, you can look on Google and just feel into the energetics of that person, read about their philosophy and trust yourself. And when you find that support, again, really trust and believe that healing can happen in that moment. 
that you can receive a healing now. It doesn't mean that all your pain is going to be gone or that, you know, you're going to be perfectly fine, but do trust that your pain could be reduced, that your physical symptoms can start to move away just in that moment. The most recent experience I had with this, it was so profound was I just intuitively was drawn to walk into a massage studio like six months ago because my neck just felt like it needed some love. I ended up finding this incredible body worker. If you're in New York or in New Jersey, you can always reach out and message me. I'll send you his information. And he's just an intuitive. He's really a healer. And he helped my neck so much. And when my back pain flared up, I decided, okay, I've been doing self-reiki for a couple of weeks now. I feel like I'm very clear on what this pain is holding on to, which was a lot of grief, was a lot of insecurity. And I decided to book a session with him and I could feel him with his hands scooping the pain out of my body. And as it was going, I could feel it wanting to stay. Makes me emotional thinking about it. I could feel it wanting to hang on because that pain was actually scared to leave because the pain was holding on to the love of my dad. And as he put his hands on different parts of my back and my body, I had these really vivid memories popping up around us being in the hospital and the fear that I had about his impending death and the fear that he had about it. And the pain was wanting to stay because I wasn't fully acknowledging it because that pain, that grief, grief is pain and love at the same time. Truly. Like if you have lost, even if you have somebody in your life that you love so much, isn't there a certain level of pain and sadness that you feel around that love? Because you know, it's not going to last forever. You know that you're going to leave the planet or they're going to leave the planet. And at some point, at some point, you're going to experience that loss. That's just the reality. It's like, I imagine mothers feel this so much is knowing that one day, oh my God, it makes me so sad to think about one day they're going to leave their babies. And as he was encouraging me to just relax and to breathe and to let it go, I knew the only way I could do that was if I went back to those moments in the hospital where I was so scared and he was so scared and I just brought love to it. I just brought love to it. I looked at those moments and in those moments, I redefined them as just moments that we had together. That fear that we had of losing each other, there was beauty to that, that we could love each other so much that we wanted more years. We wanted more moments. And it was also bringing the realization in that, yes, he did end up dying and he didn't really die. Like he is here in my heart. He's sitting with me right now as I record this podcast and that I don't need to feel that physical pain to remember how strong our love is. I can feel it just through the joyful memories that I feel with him and inviting him in and and talking about him. And so I let that pain go. And now when those memories come up, they don't have that painful charge. And after that one session and just seeing those memories and opening myself to them and then talking about it with my therapist, the pain within a week was completely gone. And this is pain that when it comes, it takes months, months to get rid of. So I hope that this podcast episode and these belief shifts around pain, they help you. They spark curiosity and they help alleviate your symptoms. And they help to strengthen your intuition 
and create a deeper sense of self-love with every part of you. As a recap, you want to, in step one, get really curious about your pain, get familiar with it. Two, realize you are not your pain, you are a witness to it. And three, that your pain is valuable and you make space for it to speak. Moving into 2024, we have a Reiki retreat coming up and lots of new courses coming out and ways for us to work with our intuition and our creativity in much deeper ways. Head over to samanthabove.com and sign up for the newsletter so that you can hear more about the ways that we can do this together, that we can really find the magic within us to create lives that lives that we really, really love. You can also head over to samanthabove.com forward slash intuition for three ways that you can strengthen your intuition this weekend. They're really fun and they're really powerful. And as always, I'd love to hear from you in the reviews at over to She's Too Much on Apple Podcasts. Take a minute to leave a review and share this episode. Share this episode with somebody who's struggling with pain, with acne, with skin issues, and share your feedback with me at samantha.bove on Instagram. I love you all, and I will see you next week. Thanks for tuning in to She's Too Much. Remember, your too muchness is the exact thing the world really needs more of. Do it big this week. Bye, everybody.